Hey, hey, hey! How we doing, people? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Carter 99, 49ers podcast. So, hope you're having a good Saturday. We got a game tomorrow. It's a Sunday. So, Niners are looking to bounce back from that heartbreaker versus the Seahawks. So, this is a very interesting game in the sense that there's a lot riding on it. It's a division rivalry, and it's just such a weird, 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 weird matchup. So before we get into the matchups too much, just real quick, want to go over the injury report. So this is the injury report as of Friday. Obviously, things will probably change day of, you know, usually within like an hour. Before the game is when Shanahan makes the final announcements for anybody who's questionable or doubtful or anything like that. So as far as the injuries goes, running back Elijah Mitchell, he had the shoulder injury against the Eagles. He is currently listed as questionable. They said that it is likely going to be a pain tolerance thing. Uh, I believe he had the blue non-contact jersey on throughout the week of practice, but he was practicing. So it's hopeful. Uh, he's questionable, but we're hopeful he'll be out there. Next thing is Kittle. Apparently, Kittle strained his calf, and it was pretty sore. Uh, he is also questionable, so hopefully he's fine because, you know, we could definitely need him. Definitely could use him. And uh, Kinlaw has the knee, and I think Kinlaw's knee is just going to be something that we're going to be dealing with throughout the duration of the season. And aside from Kinlaw... Uh, Kwan Williams, corner, he is out. Uh, I think they said he was going to be out for a couple weeks. And the final one is cornerback Josh Norman. So if you remember, uh, he had a pretty good first half of the game against the Green Bay Packers. He forced a fumble, which was awesome. But in the process, he ended up really getting fucked up because he ended up having bruised lungs, internal bleeding, he was coughing up blood, he had to go to the hospital during the game. Uh, he is doubtful, but he was at practice all week. He was running sprints and stretching, so I believe that he says he's good to go. But I think that what they need to do is get some kind of test to make sure that there's no more fluid in his lungs. Um, yeah, just the fact that he would be wanting to come out and play on Sunday after having bruised lungs and internal bleeding is a uh, pretty badass. So we'll see. I don't really expect him to be out there. And I think that means that our outside corners are going to be rookie Diamador Lenore, who's played pretty darn well, considering he's a fifth rounder, uh, rookie who's been playing very well. It's kind of been our surprise gem of the season. Manuel Mosley on the other side. Manuel Mosley was out the first two weeks. Uh, played pretty well last week. Uh, so he's solid. And then in the slot, my best guess is we're probably going to see Dante Johnson in the slot. And as much as I hate seeing Dante Johnson on the field, if he's in the slot, he's not bad in the slot. I really don't want to see him outside. Whenever he plays on the outside, just bad things happen. So that's the injury report for the Niners. Um, I don't want to get too much into the Hawks injury report. The main thing is that Tyler Lockett is questionable. 
uh, some kind of knee or ankle. So Tyler Lockett is questionable. Now Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson this season have had incredible chemistry. And they've been working together for a few years now. And you know how dangerous those two are together. So him being questionable, I still have a feeling he's going to play. DK Metcalf also had some kind of nagging injury that was bothering him for a day or two. But he wasn't on the injury report. So we got to assume he'll be playing as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they're missing Lockett, that would be, I mean, I don't like people getting injured, but I will take a competitive advantage. So that's the injury report. So let's talk about this game. Um, there's a few things that I was trying to figure out were the main, main factors in terms of how this game is going to play out. So I think that the biggest struggles for the 49ers, and again, I usually like doing offense versus defense kind of matchups. It's the easiest way for me to understand the game and usually the easiest way for me to explain it and kind of see where I see strengths and weaknesses and matchups and everything. So when I look at the 49ers offense, the, the weird thing about the offense is that our offense has not been terrible. Uh, what it's been is it's been streaky. It's been inconsistent, but we have been putting up points. Uh, I believe currently we're ranked 10th in points for the league, so not terrible. You know, we put up 28 points against the Packers. We put up 40 points against the Lions. So we can put up points when we're in rhythm. And I think that's the biggest thing is when we're not in rhythm, that's usually where the struggles come from. And usually the reason why we're not getting in rhythm is because the run game isn't operating properly. Now, Alex Mack was big, one of the biggest additions during this offseason. Alex Mack was very good the first game. He was solid the second game. But last week against the Packers, Alex Mack was absolutely terrible. He was getting blown up constantly on the inside. Uh, Kenny Clark was just manhandling him, having him, having his way with him. That was really disrupting the interior offensive line. We couldn't get the inside runs going. Uh, with the running back injuries, we couldn't get the outside runs going. And because we couldn't get the inside runs going, the outside runs going, and the Packers were setting such extra wide, hard edges, we weren't able to get the play-action passing going. Jimmy's at his best when he's playing in rhythm, either on his short game or through play-action passing. So we're going to need to make sure that our run game is operating. So I'm really hoping that Alex Mack has a bounce back game. The good news is that the Seahawks defensive line, their defensive front is not very good. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch all the Seahawks games. I did take about an hour today trying to watch the highlights of their past three games and just to see what kind of stood out um, on their offense, on their defense, if there was certain players that were standing out. The main tendencies that I saw was the Seahawks on their defensive line, they've got some big-bodied guys, and then they've got some speed guys. They like to mix it up a little bit, and they also like to mix up how many guys they put on the offensive line, depending on what the offense is doing. So while they normally do, 
your standard kind of four-man defensive line. It wasn't all that uncommon for them to put five on the line or six on the line. If that was, you know, two or three linebackers with three or four defensive linemen. Um, but they weren't afraid to mix it up in terms of putting five or six man on the line, five or six man defensive front. And they also, it seemed like they were doing a lot of stunts. So where they would like send one defensive tackle one way and loop a defensive end around the other way. So they were definitely mixing up the defensive line in terms of how many guys they would put there and how they would attack. And I think that's why it's so important that Alex Mack has a better game is because we're not playing against a good defensive line and their interior defenders are not as good as like Kenny Clark on the Green Bay Packers. Like They don't have a Kenny Clark. Uh, none of their defensive linemen really stand out, but if they're sending five or six guys at a time and they're looping them and, you know, sending stunts and stuff, it can really mess with communications. So I think it's extremely important that Alex Mack has a better game this week. If he doesn't, it's going to be bad news for Jimmy. We know that Jimmy's not that good when he's under pressure. Granted, most quarterbacks aren't, but Jimmy's especially not good when under pressure. So. Um, in terms of what their defense does, what I noticed was that their defense, some tendencies that I saw, very, very soft coverages, very soft. It was pretty common for them to have, be giving up five plus yards of cushion, uh, just like an off zone coverage and just being extremely safe. And what I noticed was against the Vikings and against the uh, Titans, who they played, the Vikings and the Titans, they, the quarterbacks just diced them up. Uh, so, to be fair, I would probably say that Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins are better than Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, uh, which is unfortunate that they're better than him, but those are two better quarterbacks, and they also have some very good weapons. You know, Ryan Tannehill, he's got A.J. Brown, he's got Julio Jones. Kirk Cousins, he's got Adam Thielen, he's got Justin Jefferson. So both of them had two very, very good receivers, and they're pretty good quarterbacks. But the fact that the Seahawks were giving up so much soft coverage allowed for a whole lot of 10- and 20-yard passes. And Tannehill and Cousins just had their way with the 49ers secondary. The 49ers secondary, or sorry, the Seahawks secondary. Seahawks secondary as is just isn't very good. Their corners, you know, you've got 49ers legend DJ Reed, uh, who I'm still bummed out that they snagged because I really liked him when we drafted him in the fifth round a few years back. Um, so I'm still salty about that. They've got Flowers, the other one, and he's just not very good. They've got Quandre Diggs as a safety, solid safety. They've got Jamal Adams, who they just gave a buttload of money to. And basically, he is a strong safety whose best trait is blitzing. <laughs> he's not a great cover safety, but he is a hard downhill hitter, and he is a good blitzer. So they played very soft coverages. I noticed that they weren't very good at tackling. They didn't seem very disciplined in their assignments. It was fairly common that I would see guys just 
wide open. So I think the key to this game in terms of our offense versus their defense, they are likely going to stack the line with four, five, six bodies along the line. We're going to need a good game from Alex Mack, and we're going to need some type of speed element at running back. So Elijah Mitchell is questionable. I think Trey Sermon is going to have a better game. I know that he did not have a good game last week, but I think he's going to be better. However, he is very much more of a downhill inside zone power runner who is more of an elusive and tight spaces, kind of wiggle your way through traffic kind of runner. And what we need is a speedy one cut outside zone runner, somebody who can run a wide zone, make one cut and then explode upfield. If Elijah Mitchell's not healthy, I really hope that Shanahan gets somebody else in there, either carry on Johnson or Trenton Cannon. I would love to see Trenton Cannon running the outside zone because I think I saw a stat that he ran like on that, uh, on that huge kick return that he had, that was 68 yards. I think he hit over 21 miles an hour. So if we can get that kind of speed running on the edges, like I was mentioning in the last podcast, if we can stretch the defenses horizontally side to side, that's going to open up the middle, which is where Jimmy is best throwing during play, uh, play action. So we need to get some speed element going with the outside zone running and either Elijah Mitchell, if not Elijah Mitchell, Trenton Cannon. So I think that's going to be key. When we do that, Jimmy is going to have to be really good hitting guys that are open. The good news, again, their defense, their corners don't seem to be great tacklers. They don't seem to have good corners just in general. And because they played such soft coverage, we should have some guys wide open. Now, if we can get, you know, Debo 15 yards, making a catch, breaking a tackle or two, then that's going to be huge. So we're really going to need Jimmy to be on point, get on rhythm with the passing game. Uh, the other thing that I think is very important, and one of the reasons I think our offense has been struggling, is we need some explosive plays. So I don't remember the exact rates, but in 2019, when we went to the Super Bowl, our explosive play rate, meaning plays that were 20-plus yards, I believe that it was around... 13 or 15 percent so roughly you know one out of every (laughs) one out of every seven or eight plays were explosive this year i think our explosive play rate is closer to seven percent so we are just we're not having any explosive plays so No matter who that's coming from, whether it's an outside zone run where Trenton Cannon, you know, hits a hole, flies up the field for 20, 30 yards super fast, uh, kind of like a almost budget Raheem Mostert, whether that's Debo Samuel going over the middle, breaking a tackle and taking off for 30 or 40 yards, if that's Ayuk streaking up a sideline or getting open and making a clutch catch for 20, 30 yards, we're going to need a couple explosive plays. I think that's going to be the key. Uh, If we can get like, I would say at least three explosive plays, it's going to be very important because as we'll get to in a second, the Seahawks offense can score points. 
Um, <laughs> sorry if you heard the jingling in the background. My cat and my lady are playing tag. Um, so that's, I think, the main thoughts that I have in terms of our offense versus their defense. Again, they played extremely soft zone coverage. They don't seem very disciplined in their assignments. Not good tacklers. Um, but they will mix up their defensive fronts. They will mix up their blitzes. I will say that Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams are very good blitzers. And we know Jimmy's not that good under pressure. So Alex Mack needs to have a good game. He needs to be very good identifying, you know, who's coming at him, and they need a very good communication. Otherwise, Jimmy under pressure, we know what's going to happen. And I think in general, we're going to need to just score 30 points. If, if we score 30 points this game, I think we have a chance to win it. So, uh, but scoring 30 points, that means that we can't start out slow. We need to get in rhythm. And we need to get Jimmy comfortable, and we've got to we've got to get in rhythm. That's the big thing. Score, keep scoring, and we've got to play our kind of game. The frustrating thing is that with how talented this team is on offense, we should have a top three, top five scoring offense. Unfortunately, our team hasn't been getting in rhythm, so we're only scoring tenth. And I think Jimmy is the one holding it back. So Jimmy needs to have a good game this week. And the other big thing is turnovers. The Seahawks don't turn the ball over very much. Russell Wilson doesn't throw interceptions. They don't turn the ball over very much. So in terms of the turnover battle, ideally we win it. I think that if we lose the turnover battle by more than one, I don't see us winning this game. So. Jimmy can't have two or three turnovers. That's just not going to be acceptable. If Jimmy throws a pick, please make it, you know, another 60-yard attempt. If you're going to throw a pick, have it be on a third down. Have it be an arm punt where you're trying to make a 50-yard throw if you're going to throw a pick. Don't throw it five yards in front of you to Bobby Wagner who's sitting there, you know? And for the love of God, please do not fumble it just in general please don't fumble it Jimmy because I remember I was looking at some stats and it was like Jimmy Garoppolo this season four touchdowns only one interception and I was like you know you're not counting the three fumbles that he has so he actually has four turnovers to his four touchdowns which is very bad you can't have a one-to-one -one turnover ratio and call yourself a good quarterback and I think we know that Jimmy needs to up his play or else he's going to get benched. And um, there was a rumor earlier during the week that Trey was going to start versus the Seahawks. Turns out that rumor was just that rumor. Um, but I have heard through some sources that have sources. So this is like second or third or fourth hand. <laughs> uh, apparently Jimmy's got until the bye week to prove that he, he deserves to stay the starter. So that's at least the rumors that I'm hearing. I don't know how true they are because, you know, the rumor mill never stops turning. But I would agree. I would agree that Jimmy needs to play better. His numbers look okay because he's efficient, because Shanahan schemes guys wide open. 
and the guys that he's throwing to are extremely talented and they get a lot of yards after catch and they make Jimmy look good from a numbers perspective. But we saw what happened with Green Bay where they were putting six, seven guys along the line as a defensive front. They were bringing the safeties down to where they were only about 10 yards off and they were just crowding and stuffing the box. And as much as I hate to admit it, Sometimes Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. He's a pretty good coach, even though I don't always agree with his decisions. And he seems to have usually a good defensive plan or just a good plan in general against the 49ers. And Russell Wilson is really fucking good. I don't know if you know this. Russell Wilson is 15 and four against the Niners. So not a good thing. Uh, we should be able to put up points against what looks like a horrific defense. They're giving up like 450 yards a game. But if they decide that they're going to crowd the box and they're going to make things extremely difficult and they take a page and kind of play copycat with what the Packers did last week and we struggle again, it's not going to look good. And we need to look good. Because at this point, people are seeing our record, but they're seeing what we're putting on tape, and they see some very talented pieces and a good coach, but a team that's not executing, and a quarterback who seems to be holding people back because nobody respects our pass game. And if we don't get our run game going, nobody's going to respect the passing game. And if we expect Jimmy to win a gunfight or a gun battle against Russell Wilson, not going to happen. Cause Russell Wilson's a lot better than Jimmy. So, again, that's going to be the keys on our offense versus their defense. Got to get the run game going. Some wide zone with speed, so that way it forces the defense to overcompensate. Jimmy needs to hit the guys over the middle on play action. We need those 20-yard passes, those 15-yard passes. We need chunk plays. We need a couple explosives. And we can't lose the turnover battle. All right, so. That is primarily what we're looking at in terms of our offense versus their defense. Now, in terms of our defense versus their offense, uh, this, is, this is tricky. See, here's the weird thing about Seattle is their offense, they have a, I would say, below average offensive line but they have two very good receivers and they have a very good quarterback and Russell Wilson and the chemistry that he has with those receivers and his ability to buy time scramble and their just physical ability and ability to get open on those extended plays. It's trouble and it's a bad matchup. And I don't like the matchup just in terms of specifically I really don't like our corners on their receivers. If if you're telling me that Diamador Lenore and Emmanuel Mosley have to guard Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, that's not good. Because Mosley and Lenore, they don't run a four three like DK Metcalf. They're not six foot three like DK Metcalf. They don't run a 4-4 flat and get wide open. 
like Tyler Lockett. They don't have that chemistry. So the the chemistry that Tyler Lockett has, his ability to get open, find the weak, the soft spot in zones, especially deep, he's one of the best deep route runners in the NFL. And the chemistry that he has with Russell Wilson is just scary because I think that Tyler Lockett currently leads the league in 20-yard receptions, uh, or he's tied with first in 20-plus-yard receptions. So Tyler Lockett, extremely dangerous, deep threat. Russell Wilson, I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know this, but he likes to throw deep. He probably has the most beautiful deep ball that I've ever seen. Russell Wilson's deep ball is incredible. Just rainbows in the bucket. It's ridiculous. So, what do they like to do on offense? <clears throat> Their run game? Uh, Pete Carroll has always been like a run, 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 and then let Russell Wilson run around and make a big play. That's kind of been their offense. They have been trying to implement uh, more of a Sean McVay, Shile, uh, Kyle Shanahan style of offense. Uh, they brought in, I forget what the, I forget who their new, I want to say, is it Waldron? Shane Waldron? I think that's their new offensive coordinator. So their offense has been fairly efficient. Uh, their run game has been pretty darn good. I think last week against the Vikings, Chris Carson, the running back, was averaging over six yards a carry. I think about 6.7 yards a carry. He's not a speedy guy, but he is a powerful runner. So we're going to have to make sure that we stop the, we need to stop the run game. If we can stop the run game and force Russell Wilson to beat us, I don't like it, but Russell Wilson, as impressive as he is with his scrambling and his deep throws, just because you're extremely impressive with it doesn't mean it's necessarily an efficient form of offense. What I mean by that is Russell Wilson probably creates more big plays than, you know, any other quarterback in the NFL, maybe aside from like two or three of them. That's why he's a top five quarterback. But if you tell Russell Wilson, hey, we're going to stop your run game and we're going to force you into drop back passing and you're going to need to dink and dunk down the field. I don't think that's when he is at his best. And that's not to say that he's not good at it. I'm just saying if we stop the run game, that's going to force them to focus on short passing, which isn't what they're best at. They're best at deep shots. Russell Wilson, he gets scrambling around. He goes deep. That's the, the wide receivers that they have. That's what they're good at. That's what he's good at. Just, hey, I'm going to go run around, you go deep, and I will drop it in the bucket for you. And we'll get a 30, 40-yard pass. So, containment. Containment is key. Now, when we played the Eagles, we were not great at containing Jalen Hurts. And specifically, we weren't very good at containing Hurts along the... I guess you'd call that the offensive right side. So 
uh, offensive right side, so off of the right tackle. Jalen Hurts liked to scramble that way, and he beat us quite a bit doing that. Russell Wilson doesn't specifically have a way that he likes to escape, uh, but the main thing is that our defensive line is going to need to be disciplined, and they're going to need to make sure that they contain him and get after him. Our defensive line was has not been as impressive as we thought it would be. Nick Bosa seemed annoyed that he had a bad game against the Packers. And I'm expecting a big game from Bosa. He also knows that he has not sacked Russell Wilson yet. And he made sure to make it known that he knows that he hasn't sacked Russell Wilson yet. So I have a feeling he really wants to get that first one under his belt. So we need the defensive line to contain, pressure him, and sack him. Uh, we need to be sure that we're tackling the running backs because they do have powerful running backs. They're not necessarily super speedy guys. It's primarily Chris Carson and the other guys, Alex Collins, the more power runners. So Fred Warner, we're going to need to have a good game from him. Aziz Alshair, we're going to need a good game from him tackling. And from our from our corners, I really just want to make sure that our corners stay on top of the receivers. And it's very difficult to stay on top of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But that's what we need to do because Russell Wilson is going to take shots. He's probably going to take more shots deep than Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Hurts. And both of them were like, hey, I'm going to air it out because I like my matchups. And I don't blame them because if I was a quarterback and I saw, you know, hey, I've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on a rookie and this guy, then I would totally do that same thing. So our corners, I am fully okay with them playing off coverage uh, in terms of like a softer zone and just coming down and tackling them. They need to make sure that they're tackling, though. That is that is going to be huge. One thing that I will give the Niners credit for is they seem to be very good tacklers, so they need to make sure that they're tackling the wide receivers, not letting them get over them, because if we let Tyler Lockett get past, if we let DK Metcalf get past, next thing you know, that's going to be a 50-yard touchdown. So Seahawks, they had a pretty good run game against the Vikings and their wide receivers are very dangerous, very dangerous. The offensive line, not all that good, but Russell Wilson, very elusive in the pocket. Main thing is just contain Russell Wilson. If we can contain him, he's short, makes it. He is, he's like 5'11". <laughs> it makes it difficult if he's stuck in a pocket with a bunch of 6'6 guys surrounding him to see who's open downfield. He's at his best when he's running along the perimeter. So that's why we need to contain him. So contain Russell Wilson, tackle well. Linebackers need to play the run game well. And corners need to stay on top and tackle. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, again, Russell Wilson, he's never lost three games in a row. And he's 15-4 and four versus the 49ers. So... On paper, 
I think the Niners just have an overall team scheme and talent advantage. And I believe the betting markets right now is around two and a half or three points in the Niners' favor. But this game, it makes me nervous. Russell Wilson is just really fucking good. And if we're not careful, they will put up 30 points on us. And our defense, we need to be better. Uh, Another thing that I really hope that we do is I hope that we disguise our schemes better because it's not that bad if you're just going to say, hey, we're going to play man and we're going to show you that we're going to play man if you know that your guys are better than their guys. If you've got the talent advantage then it doesn't matter a whole bunch if you kind of just show people what you're going to do. But right now, our secondary, we don't have that talent advantage. You know, we can't say like, hey, Demo Lenore is better than Tyler Lockett. So we're just going to man him up and see if your guy can beat our guy. Because he will. So if we're going to play man, I really hope that we disguise it. Uh, I know Russell Wilson is really good but if we can trick him for a couple seconds and make him second guess himself that might be what we need to do to get some sacks in this game so got to contain him got to pressure him get some sacks the way that i look at it is pressures affect the passing game sacks and drives so if we can contain him that's gonna force him to stay in the pocket He's 5'11", so it's difficult to see over all these 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", defensive line and offensive linemen. He's under pressure. He's not going to feel comfortable throwing deep. As soon as he starts escaping the pocket, that's when he's got a good open view. He can see a guy and hit them while they're open. So that's what we're going to have to do in terms of our defense versus their offense. So overall, keys to the game. Just quick recap before we get out of here because uh, it's about 10.30 at night on Friday. <laughs> so, keys on offense. Alex Mack needs to have a good game. Our offensive line needs to be good. We need to have a good run game. I want speed from the running back, so I want somebody to threaten with speed on the outside. If Elijah Mitchell isn't there, give Trenton Cannon some outside zones. Mix it up with Trey Sermon on some inside zones. Switch it up with some power, some traps. Um, we got to confuse their defensive line a little bit because they're going to be likely putting five, six guys on the line and switching it up with stunts and blitzes and things like that. So we've got to be ready for it. Next thing is... Off of that, we need to be, Jimmy needs to be good. Jimmy can't be okay. Jimmy needs to be good in the pass game. I want Jimmy throwing 10, 15, 20-yard dots all day. Not any more of this like, hey, I'm going to throw up five yards. Like, no, we need to force them to back up a little bit. Because if they are crowding the box like Green Bay did, where they've got six guys on the line of scrimmage, 10 guys in the box, and all the safeties are 10 yards back, that's not going to work. we got to threaten to the outside, which clears open the middle. we got to hit them over the middle for 15, 20 yards a pop. That'll force them to back up, and then we can get in rhythm and keep that going. 
We need a couple explosive plays. So that's what I'm hoping for on offense. On defense, got to contain Russell Wilson, keep him in the pocket, pressure him, get some sacks, get uh, end some drives with sacks, pressure him into making, you know, he, he doesn't turn the ball over, but if you can at least get him in the pocket so he can't see, pressure him, it'll force him to either take a sack or throw the ball away. And that's what I want. Uh, what I don't want to see is Russell Wilson running around outside, throwing 50-yard bombs, because he will. Our defensive line, we got to be good stopping the run, so I'm hoping that we have a good game from Kinlaw, Armstead. Nick Bose is a really good run stopper. Uh, I also think this would be a good game where we should mix up some D Ford and Samson Ibukam on the edges and the inside for the simple being is that they're fast athletes and they can chase down Russell Wilson. If we've got Ibukam and D Ford chasing Russell Wilson, those are like four, five, four, six defensive linemen. So they can chase him down. So we need that speed on there as well as stopping the run. And our corners, they have to stay over the top. So I'm kind of hoping that we see, you know, I don't want to see too much man. And I don't want to see a whole bunch of single high. I would prefer if we see more cover two, cover four, cover six uh, versus a ton of cover three, especially because Seattle knows how to beat cover three. And if we are going to play man, we need to disguise it a little bit. And we need to keep them under 30 points. If we can keep them under 30 points, we can score 30 points. Those are going to be the keys. And then with the turnover battle, we can only lose the turnover battle by one. If we turn the bottom, if we have the turnover battle lost by more than one, I don't think we win this game. Um, prediction? If you were to ask me right now, I think 30 to 28 49ers, I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be a lot like the Green Bay game where it's back and forth. It's a nail biter. It's nerve wracking. And it's probably not going to be pretty. And Russell Wilson, again, he's really good against the Niners in general, historically, just He's really good against us. We have trouble with him. So Niners got to bring their A game. The repercussions of this game matter a lot. Currently, we're 2-1. and one. The Seahawks are 1-2. and two. Their only win is against a very bad Colts team. They got beat by a Vikings team that was winless. And they got beat by the Titans, who looked okay. So if we can beat the Seahawks, we put them at one and three, and they are at the very, very bottom of the division, and they are like two games back from everyone. That's huge, because that means we could potentially keep them out, basically end their playoff uh, hunt this week. And that would put us back in the win column. We would then be three and one to face the Cardinals, and that would make me feel good. If we lose this game, that means we lose two in a row, which, again, Jimmy's never lost two in a row. Russell Wilson's never got three, so something's got to give. If we lose this, we lose two in a row. We lose to a division opponent. We're now tied with Seattle in terms of record, and they have the tiebreaker, which puts us in last place in the division. 
And then we have to face an Arizona Cardinals team who is currently 3-0 and next week before going into the bye. And that's what I don't want to be. So we really need to win this game. And the Seahawks are going to be desperate. And they are going to do everything that they can to pull out a, a win. So it's only week four, but this is probably going to feel like a playoff game. And it's going to be intense. So get your popcorn ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I will be back. I'm thinking Tuesday. We'll do a review. We'll talk about what's hopefully a 49ers win. And then a few days after that, we'll do a Cardinals preview. But uh, yeah, I just I really hope we win this game. If we win this game, it's going to be huge. We'll be back on track. We'll feel a lot better to face the Cardinals. And we need to have a winning record before we go into the bye week. If we lose this game and then we lose to the Cardinals, then I, I will officially be hitting the panic button because that means that we started out, we won two games, we lose three in a row, and then we're going into a bye week and we're at the bottom of our division. So we need to win the Seahawks game. It's extremely important. I hate that a week four game is super important, but when there's only 17 games, everyone matters. And this one matters a lot because it's against an opponent. So anyways, hope you have an awesome day, awesome Saturday, awesome Sunday, whatever time it is that you are listening to this. Like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, tell your enemies, pass it along. Go Niners.